and welcome to episode 94 of Your Average Critics, joined today by Obi and Chris. Welcome back, Chris. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad. Not too bad at all. Got a new mattress, which makes my sleeping a lot better. So uh, it's the little things in life, isn't it? You know, now I know I'm in my uh, late 20s because I've got a new mattress and I love it. Obi, you'll look forward to this tomorrow, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm not not really, if I'm being honest. But <laughs> and then Chris in like two weeks, <laughs> twenty six. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. That's all right. Sorry, I was like, I thought you were talking about. I thought we were getting. I'd both get a mattress or something. What the fuck? I do need a new mattress. <laughs> Mate, right. you should you invest. It's. <laughs> oh, I'd like ten hours sleep last night. It was amazing. So that's how you know when you're almost thirty, right? <laughs> we're on the other side of the hill now, Glenn. I know. Got a new new checkbox in all the different forms that you fill out. Oh, so shit. But we digress. We're here to talk about films. Um, there's not been much film news recently. I've been trying to, you know, keep my ear to the ground, and uh, doesn't seem to be much much news. Where's you know, where's the Marvel? Where's the DC? Well, uh, there's a rumor that Scarlett Johansson's going to be in another. MCU film, another prequel film. Um, oh, okay. There's also the DCU stuff with uh, that. Uh, I think they said Killer Croc won't be in any future DC films. Um, well, he wasn't. He wasn't one of the actors confirmed by James Gunn as in the Suicide Squad, was no, he? But that they're not going to use him at all. Oh, okay. But, I don't think they utilised him particularly well in Suicide Squad anyway. So. True. And then I read somewhere that uh, Tom Holland might have given a spoiler away that he that he will be in the, the next Venom film. Okay, I think everyone sort of thought that was going to happen anyway. But I don't know. I, w- I would be interested to see how his character interacts with Tom Hardy. Whether like Tom Hardy becomes villainous like properly or if he still becomes that annoying anti-hero I think he'll still be his anti-hero to be honest <sighs> yeah. nobody really wants to see that but it's what we're going to get Yeah, but at least Spider-Man's back in the MCU for two more films Yeah. well apparently that's also something I read sorry a little bit of noise I'm just going to make this higher up. we don't have to bend um, I read somewhere that Marvel are trying to buy Spider-Man for 5 billion what, just Spider-Man, like the rights to those characters. I don't know. Uh, I, the the headline was Marvel to bid five billion for Spider-Man. Fair enough. Um, I think they'd probably have to stump up a lot more than that, considering how much it's probably worth to Sony. Um, how much did they pay for Fox? Eighty. Uh, Eight. Was it that much? I'm sure it was like tens oh. of billions. I thought it was 40. But... Oh, maybe 40. Do you know what? You're probably right, because 40 sounds a bit cheap now. Um, uh, Let me just have a quick Google. Depends how much debt. Um... 71.3 billion. Dollars or pounds? Dollars. Which is about 71.2 billion pounds, I think. <laughs> hey, fiscal jokes. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so with the back to the Black Widow thing, do you, is that going to be another sequel to Black Widow or just 
she will appear in another film, not necessarily well, Blackwood. She will appear in another film, not another sequel of herself. Are there any other prequel films that are announced that we know about? Oh, but there might be films such as, I don't know, if they reboot X-Men or if they bring in Fantastic Four where she might have found them first and they've been kept hidden. But then it kind of like doesn't really work out because then it'd be like, why weren't they at Infinity War? Mm. Yeah. So, but then you could have the same excuse as um, Captain Marvel, like I was off world sort of thing. Um, yeah. But then would you not rather see another character be given that role? Because they killed off Black Widow. So to keep bringing her back in all these prequels, it's like, does it cheapen the death? Does it sort of, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like they're potentially potentially not the end of Tony Stark because they'll have an AI version of him. Yeah. The voice rather than actually physically seeing him. Yeah. Well, maybe they need to get their money's worth out of Vin Diesel because they pay him quite a lot of money to just say, I am Groot. True. That's a good point. Stack him off, mate. I mean, I don't really care, if I'm being honest. Like, and I think even like the um, the biggest Marvel fan, I doubt is that bothered about Scarlett Hansen being in more films. Obviously, when she died, it was an emotional moment, and you don't want to like cheapen that, I suppose, by her being in like two more films after her death, kind of thing. Because at the same time, also like it doesn't really matter what she's up to, because like. Obviously, in this Black Widow film, it's a prequel and rah rah. But you kind of know that no matter what danger she comes into, that nothing's going to happen. Happen to her, yeah. Because you know she's not had time to die yet, kind of thing. Mm, yeah. yeah, that's true. I don't know if I'm like the only person that thinks this, but I would quite like to see more of what's her name, Ghost from Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh yeah, I quite like. Yeah, I quite liked her. And she sort of became a bit of a ally towards the end, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, I doubt we'll see her in any film ever. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not expecting Ant-Man 3? I was literally about to ask that. Do you, is it, do you think it's going to be an Ant-Man 3? If, I was going to put out there, if there is, I feel like that is the least deserving trilogy of all the trilogies, possible mm. trilogies. Well, Paul, Paul Rudd's put a thing out saying he wants to do the third one. I feel like they're just sort of, they're harmless. They're just sort of like, you know, the the one that they put out when there's a bit of a lull, when you've just had like a heavy film or they just need to plug a gap. You know, I don't actually, I, they're fine. They're quite entertaining. Um, they're not the best, but, you know, they they don't take themselves too seriously. And I'm happy to, to for them to explore the quantum realm and all that sort of jazz in the more comedic way. So I, I don't really have a problem with them, to be honest. The thing is, to me, like, that is, like, a big part of him, like, the quantum realm. And it almost is that we can't really touch that anymore because that's, like, linked to time travel now. If they use time travel again, it's kind of just a massive cop-out. But aren't there, like, if you super slow down certain sections of the film so you can see, like, little worlds within the microverse or whatever it's called? True. So true, true. interested to explore that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like I don't know how much they cost to make, um, or whether they're particularly successful. Let me just use. So it cost 
about 175 million and then made 622. So, that's like one. Yeah, reasonably successful. Yeah. Um, reasonably, that made four times its budget. Pretty yeah, fun. but then you've got to consider marketing costs and all that sort of thing. Um, was it really that that well marketed? Well, marketing costs will probably be another 100 million or so, I imagine. Um, oh, is that not including in their cost on the... I, I don't believe so, but I could be very, very wrong. But I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's a good margin. You know, that's, I'm pretty sure that's better than a lot of the, the earlier films made. But then I guess that's not a very good barometer to hold it against because these films have got a lot more popular. Um, yeah, to be honest, when you think about it in contrast to the other films, that's actually not very good. Yeah. Because the other films made close to a billion. billion, billion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty shit. To be fair. But then I, I don't imagine they expect these sorts of films to make as much money because they are the sort of antidote to it, aren't they? They're sort of like a bit of a, a jolly, you know, don't take itself too seriously. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to a third one. I, I like... I like Paul Rudd as Ant-Man, whether he continues to be in other people's films or his own films. I would quite like to see him as a character remain. Um, I can't imagine, I don't really want to see Ant-Man 4, 5, 6, but if he continues to pop up in other films, I'd be happy with that. Um, Yeah. Um, Sticking with superheroes, Chris, you've now seen Joker. Yeah. So do you want to give us a rundown of your thoughts? Because Obi and I talked quite extensively for it on Monday. Um, I'll be honest with you. I actually don't know what I think of it. I'm still like... I still don't know whether I thought it was a really good film. It was very good acting. Um, and I like the premise of it. But I just don't know. I'm, I'm a bit baffled by it, really. Um... What are your what what's stopping you from thinking whether it's a good film or not? Like what what are your reservations? Um, can I tell you what I thought when I first saw it? Yeah. Stephen Funts. Yeah. So, but my thing about thinking whether or not I actually like the film is that I wasn't sure if I should be liking what I was seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously you're watching a man descending to madness, you know, going around murdering people, and I kind of had the thought in the back of my mind, right? What does it say about me if I if I'm enjoying what I'm seeing on screen? Kind of thing. Yeah. That's why I was kind of uneasy when I was thinking about mm, do I like this film or not? Because I was thinking like, what does that kind of say about me that I've enjoyed watching this guy probably probably personally going through mental torture as well as yeah. you know <laughs> like doing loads of stuff externally to other people like obviously killing his mum and all that shit. So yeah, but in the end, I decided I did really like it. So you know, <laughs> guess I was like that. Do you know what was the, the scariest bit for me? Is that I actually started like not feeling sorry for him, but like getting why he was doing it. Like society was shit to him, and everything to him was crap. And like he almost gave you like a solid reason to like believe in his cause, kind of thing. Obviously, I don't. But um, what are your thoughts? Um on the whole Thomas Wayne being his father potentially oh um, if he became his father I would have, I wouldn't have liked it okay so are you, uh, I, 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 was after... really say, I was really glad that he wasn't are you I, I think he is 
because nah. at the end you see a picture of his mum uh and it says you know all my love tw or something like that and it's like oh maybe she wasn't lying yeah but you've nah. also then got she's the... bare metal and she just wrote it down like that well i i'm also veering towards the theory that most of this film might not be as we think because uh, Zazie Beats, who plays um, his quote-unquote love interest, um, she says that she thinks a lot of it's all in his head. I mean, he's a very unreliable narrator, as, as we can show from when he thinks he's in relationship with this woman, and then it turns out that he's only met her once. Um, was, do you know what? When they, um, when they did all the flashbacks, do you know when that, we figure out he's an, a complete psycho as well? Um, in the flashbacks, they showed every single flashback bar the one where he actually went into her room. Like, not, not the time where he sat in her room, but the time where he actually went up to her, went, opened the door and started kissing her. Oh, that's fake. Yeah, no, but they, that was the only flashback they didn't show. And I was like, oh, is there something there? But then I was like, and do you think he killed her? I think he did. Thinking about it, I think he did. Because he just come out and like nothing was yeah, said or done. I, think, I, think, I, think <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're seeing her again anytime soon. All right. Um. And oh, can you tell me? Because I can't figure this out. But apparently, there's a tribute to Heath Ledger in there. Well, I th- people have been making a mockery of the shot where it shows him in the back of the police car. Yeah. And um, I mean, there's a scene in The Dark Knight where Heath Ledger is in the back of a police car and he's hanging out the window. But then. Yeah. Everyone's also just doing any random shot of anyone in the back of a taxi being like, oh my God, can't believe Joker uh, referenced Holby City, you know, or whatever. You know, it's just like, I think I, I think homage to Heath Ledger is a, maybe a bit of a stretch. But yeah. that shot certainly did remind me of the other shot. But the fact that he's not hanging out the window, the fact that he's not, you know, I, I don't I don't see it. It's probably an homage, but it's nothing kind of too iconic, I don't think. Yeah. Do you know, I was quite surprised how much they actually reference like the Waynes and Batman kind of thing in it. Well, not Batman because obviously he's not around yet. Mm. But I was quite surprised. I thought they'd really like tunnel vision it just completely. Yeah. Mm. And then when he I saw that. Bruce, I was like, oh, okay. We, we are going to go down there. And when they ended it by Bruce being killed, I was like, okay. Like he saw it coming because he's like walking around the corner. But I was like, oh, all right interesting take on it like it does work like, yeah. I, don't, I don't ever see remember a story where someone's wearing a clown mask but it is the same kind of shoot the dad pull the necklace shoot the mum leave the kid so um but yeah quite clever how they do it because obviously there's a riot and in between and all this stuff and i just can't i actually genuinely can't believe for, what was the film the other day that was an 18 and this was a 15 What's the that's a, is that an 18? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that scene at the end is definitely, definitely warrants it to be an 18, but I don't know how this yeah, is a 15. Yeah, I think it should be 18. Because then I suppose different scene once upon a time in Hollywood. You, I can't remember. Do you actually see him stab him in the eye? Yes. Or do you see him go for it and it kind of veers away before he actually gets into the eye? Nah, so you definitely see it going through his eye, don't you? Yeah. So, like, I'm a bit confused on how that's not an 18, considering there's about five different brutal murders in this film um and yeah i don't know i, I can't believe like i can't believe this guy hasn't gone mental as well because yeah and so, that he actually lost all that weight for the film as well yeah, that's, yeah, 
some some people are saying that they kind of hope they don't do Sekhon just to like for his mental health. Mental kind of. health, yeah. So he spent like was it forty hours or something and going into mental institute to practice his laugh and it's like, oh, psycho himself. Would you would you watch the sequel, Chris? Would I watch the sequel? Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know what they would do really. Um. What's he going to do? Cause chaos for the next 10 years before Batman pops up? I feel like he's very old compared to Batman as well now. Or what age is he meant to portray? Like what he's in. Yeah. I would say at minimum, absolute minimum, late 30s. Absolute minimum. So, okay. That's what I mean. So he's, he's like, let's say like Bruce Wayne and that was 10, 10 maybe 12. Like they've, they've got a 28 year like gap. They've got a 25 year gap, really. So by the time Bruce is, what, in late 20s? When he starts being thingy, thingy's gonna be like nearly fifty. Right? Doesn't doesn't that that's the only bit that doesn't really add up for me. And the fact that Whacking Phoenix actually looks very old, <laughs> like and and he's meant to be portraying a young man, but he does look quite old for his character yeah. portrayal. I think it doesn't really matter as much as long as the story is self-contained. In that yeah. there's only one film. But obviously, if now if they go and do a sequel and it's twenty five years later and but and Bruce Wayne's Batman. Then you're thinking, okay, this old man isn't going to be, yeah. like, you know, your Joker. But some people are also saying that he may just be an inspiration for someone, someone else. Someone else, yeah. Because that's kind of what they did in Gotham, mm. um, and it kind of makes sense as well, actually, because there was so many people there and with masks and, I, mate, when the police started getting beaten up, I was like, rah, yeah. like shit, man, this is a uh, getting deep. Was there anything in the film that you? Is there anything from that you really liked? Or is there anything that you didn't really like? Really liked, amazing. There was something I didn't like, but I actually can't remember it now. And I was gonna, I was like, yes, gotta remember this, gotta remember this. It was like saying so much. That was it. One of the camera shots really pissed me off. And it was when he got into the fridge, right? And I don't know what, what they were thinking in the camera. They started like giggling it a little bit, and I was like, fucking stay still. Why is he? Do you know what I heard about? So like the theory behind that shot is that so him getting in the fridge and the camera tilting. It's kind of like a thing of saying, even the cameraman's thinking, what the fuck is he doing? So he kind of going like, two hundred the side, like, oh, what the hell? Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. But like, I was just like, that's the only bit that really pissed yeah, me off about the whole thing. I was like, why is it doing I this? I thought a lot of people talk about that, that it's like him getting in the fridge. Because obviously that's like, yeah, like fucked up, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Did he get out? Well, you don't see him get out. I thought, that at, I thought at that point the camera was going to walk towards him and it would be like another character. But, um... Yeah, there's a lot in this film that's a bit kind of strange, to say the least. You know, like when he dances in the toilet or, you know, it's just random things he does. And even at the end, after he's killed that woman, uh, his therapist or whatever she is, and then he's like just dancing in the background. Yeah, I'll tell you what I did like, actually. And it gave it kind of like a relief after such high tension when he stabbed the guy in the eye and then the little guy's there like, and he's like, I can't remember his name. Uh, and he's like, oh, can you let me out, please? And it's like, <laughs> so yeah, that, stupid. That, was, like, that yeah. was actually very funny. Yeah. Lucky he was nice to him, eh? Yeah. Oh, dear. That's kind of the thing. That's like the moral of the story. Because he says to him, oh, yeah, you're the only one who was ever nice to me. So he yeah. lets him go. So, like, be nice to people. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, and the bit that really got me, it was like, when Joker's having his interview at the very end, and obviously he admits to killing the people, I was like, oh, I was, I was quite surprised to admit that, but okay, cool. And he was like to the guy, and he said it as is, and I was thinking this prior, and he was like, you're just taking the mick out of me, 
and Robert De Niro's character was just kind of like, no, that's not what we're saying. We're not, we're not the same kind of thing. And I was like, you are being a bit scummy with him. Like you brought him on to like, laugh at him. Yeah, basically. laugh at him. And like, I knew Robert De Niro was going to get shot, but I didn't know it was going to be just quite like that. I thought mm-hmm. someone would tackle him or something, and it was just. And it's quite epic when he had the blood in his mouth and he made the smile at the end. That was pretty epic. Um, yeah, man, it was a it was a good film. I, 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 although I don't know how I feel about the film, it was it was a good film. Like, I cannot take away the performance was amazing. Um, I, I still don't really understand if the laugh was a condition or not. Um, I'm gonna say it wasn't. I think it was. You think it was? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's only like tiny weeny things that like I'd maybe change or move about but um I'm trying to think of a scene that I really like well the the, the door scene that yeah. I really like. Do you know what I was gonna say about his condition? I think one thing you notice is that as soon as he stops taking his medication he stops having that laughing condition. So yeah he comes into a state now where he's not nervous or anything like that anymore. Yeah. Obviously he's becoming a joker. His mind obviously is fucked up but it's becoming more clear. Yeah. So that's why he doesn't have his, you know, his nervous laughter or his upset laughter and that because he's not upset anymore. He's just joking. Have you seen people dub famous laughs over it? Like Peter Griffin or Nelson Muntz? I saw Tony Pulis. Tony Pulis. <laughs> oh really? That's it's quite funny. Because it's yeah. just like, you know, he's walking along going, ha ha like that and so it's, it's quite funny um uh well you mentioned it uh very briefly chris once upon a time in hollywood do you want to give give a little review of that as well um okay um right decent film oh okay but fucking pointless um i could say i could say that about another film we'll be talking about later okay um well yeah i mean a lot of films are pointless i i, I it's to tell a certain narrative, isn't it? So this one was of the, I like I like the combination of Brad Pitt and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio as a stunt man and stunt double. I thought it was a good uh, premise and uh, stuff. I mean, the whole Sharon Tate of it all, you could have just taken it all out and it would have made no difference to the film, absolutely no difference. And the fact that, because I actually don't know the full story, I know she died, and I made bold assumptions during the film like. I assumed when that guy came to the door and he was being real suspect that he was gonna go he was the guy who was gonna kill her. I was wrong. And then when the three people turned up and they were like gonna go and kill her and then they shifted to go and go and attack the other two, I was like, okay. In my mind I was like, this is where the ending changes. I I I figured it out. But I was like, unless you know all that stuff, Sharon Tate's story is so, so pointless. I'm not saying Margaret Robbie did a bad job. Smashed it. Really a, yeah, like the, with the line she had, she did all, all right, and they, and it's such a side pull, like a miniature, miniature story in it, and it was just quite frustrating because you don't know her personality, you don't know what she's like. The only bit you get told about her is that she was with one guy while she was on a film, then she shifted to another guy while she was on a film. Yet she was still mates with the other guy from the previous film, and they were like best buds. And reality is, you don't know if anything was actually going on between them. Like, it's all a gamble, really, because he was very tummy with her. She likes, she liked her own film, and she was happy with her own film. Okay, that's it. And she lives in a nice house. That is literally, that is literally the information I got from her about her. That is it. I thought there would be some kind of collab with a story, like they're both doing a film together or something. No. Yeah. Um. 
And do you know what? And, and also, the best character for me is probably Brad, Brad Pitt's character. Because I think Leonardo DiCaprio's character, again, didn't really do much. But he had a couple. He had a couple. Had a couple yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not that. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not. I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio in most films is just as it anyway. But um, but I was just to interrupt you quickly. Like, it, for me, if you take all the Sharon Tate, Charles Manson stuff out of the film and just make it a film about Rick Dalton and whatever the fuck uh, that character's yeah. called, character called, and his acting career and you know his life as a stunt double, maybe mix in the thing with his him maybe killing his wife because we don't actually that, find anything no, yeah, about, yeah, yeah. about that. If you make a film about that, I think it's a better film, personally. Yeah. I think uh, all the child magic stuff is uh, 100% agree. I agree. Like, have that, you can even have the murderous scene at the end as well because mm. it just needs three random people. Yeah. Oh no, three people from the ranch coming to yeah. take him down. Yeah. He sort of needed to do one or the other, like make a film about the Manson family or make a film about the stunt doubles yeah. or make it a TV series so you can extend it longer. For me, what doesn't sit right is this whole wish fulfillment. Like, what, what right does he have to sort of present? Uh, you know, events that some of which did happen and then sort of changed the way it happened. It's sort of like if you were to sort of make a film set on the 11th of September 2001 mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, the, no, you know what? The, in my version, the planes don't hit the Twin Towers and everyone survives. And it's like, oh, great. Well, no, what right do you have? You know, it's sort of a bit distasteful for me, um, especially the kind of lack of focus Sharon Tate even has in this film and the sort of when you see Charles Manson, he's just this like happy guy, and he's like, "Hey guys, how you doing?" You know, there's there was no sort of um, condemnation of it. Oh, Manson, we saw we saw Charles Manson in it. Yeah, he was the one who knocked something he's got. Oh, is that one? Yeah, okay, yeah. No, yeah. Again or something. But I mean, huh? Was he happy? Well, he was just sort of like, "Oh, hi guys," you know. Does so and so live it? He looked so sus. <laughs> yeah, but you don't. There's no sort of. Unless you know that's supposed to be Charles Manson, you know what happened to yeah, or what I, Charles Manson. And I, I, I saw the cynicism. I saw the cynicism in it, or whatever the word is. Mm. Mm. I don't know. Something just didn't sit right with me. And also, like Tarantino's treatment of women in general in films is not great. But the only women in this film are either scantily clad Manson family members, uh, Sharon Tate, who has very little to do, or they get brutally murdered at the end, or they're killed. You know, off screen, a la uh, Cliff Booth's wife, and no one really, apart from that one woman, says, "Oh, I don't want you here because you killed your wife." It's just like <laughs> he killed his wife. Yeah, probably deserved it, didn't she? You know, it's just a bit like, okay, <laughs> we're not going to address that properly. Go ahead, ask you a question. Okay. You know, um, you said a minute ago about, um, you know, like if someone made a film about nine eleven and. If they change the ending, da, 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 that sort of thing, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if you know, but like the TV show Man in the High Castle, that's kind of like an alternate history of like what if the Germans won um, World War Two. So like, yeah. Do you have a problem with the concept of that TV series? I'm curious. I don't because I feel like that's that was such. I don't know. I'm sort of thinking off the top of my head here. <laughs> It's a good question. I think I don't like rewriting history is maybe not necessarily. I don't have a problem with that if mm. it's in like a fancy context. I think my problem with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the little focus it actually had and the little consequence it had to the film. Um, 
maybe my 9-11 examples would be controversial because it's so recent but I feel like I don't know I feel like maybe because the war was such a long going thing like it really could have been one way or the other whereas 9-11 seemed like such a kind of random attack that it wasn't really I mean obviously you can still say yeah it would either happen or didn't happen but it wasn't like the outcome could have been changed as maybe uh, the outcome of World War Two could have been very different if the Germans had won. Like it was very conceivable that the Germans could have won, and there was many times, you know, where it looked like they would. So for me, that is sort of like, I guess this is like a horrible analogy, but like in a football match, it's sort of like one team could win or the other team could win. Whereas with an event like an, a terrorist attack, the it's not really as if people can change the outcome you know without retrospectively being like oh hey maybe we could have picked this person up earlier blah blah blah. does that make any sense yeah i got what you're saying okay i'm probably butchering my attempt at at trying to rationalize it but but yeah i think alternative histories are interesting you know because there was even that show what was it 22 blah blah 62 where james franco tries to save yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just it didn't sit right for me once upon a time. Um, where where does it rank? And and this is for you as well, Obi, for the few that you've watched. Uh, where does it rank in your Quentin Tarantino films? Bottom three. At the bottom. Huh? It's at the bottom for me. At the bottom for you. Yeah. You've you watched what three or four? I watched three of them. Ah, uh, and Glenn. Uh, bottom three probably. Yeah. Bottom three. Okay. Yeah. Because I really didn't like Kill Bill Volume 2 when I first saw it. Um, but I've only ever seen it once. Okay. Um, uh, Death Proof is trash. Yeah. So I've seen part of that and yeah. It's, yeah, it's awful. It's, it's around that kind of quality for me. Yeah. It's not as bad as Death Proof, I don't think. Um, but I would want to watch Kill Bill Volume 2 again to see whether it's above or below that. Where's it for you, Chris? Yeah, probably, because I've not seen Death Proof. I've heard so many bad things about it, I just haven't bothered. But I do assume that's the worst one. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually really like all these other ones. Uh, Kill Bills, people really like the Kill Bills, and I'm not the biggest fan of those. So once upon a time, probably slots in amongst those two or those three at the bottom four kind of region. I think I'd need to rewatch Kill Bill. Yeah. I can't the... make any judgment calls on it, but I thought it was very theatrical. Yeah, I mean, it, a lot of his films homaging certain types or genres of film so like the kill bill franchise is very much kind of uh in the japanese kind of samurai you know did he do white as well what's that sorry did he do the hate white yeah oh mate i love that film was bare long no yeah that film was not great huh that film wasn't as great as i hoped it would be but with kill bill the first one is all the action the second one's all the talking so the first one I quite enjoy because it's just non-stop like fighting and stuff. But from what I remember of the second one, it was just a lot of talking and not a lot of yeah. interest. Um, but, you know, maybe it would be better if he joined them together and interwove them as... Well, you know, exa- you know he'll, do the, he, he'll do that. When he hits film number 10, he's going to make it so that Kill Bill 1 and 2 are one film. And he's going to be able to make Kill Bill 3 that way. 
and then he'll be able to make another film in part of his 10 film trilogy. He doesn't count Kill Bill 2 as a separate film. Yeah, exactly. So, he counts yeah. them as one. So He's made eight films now then? Well, he's made uh, Reservoir Dogs, Jackie Brown, Pulp Fiction, uh, Kill Bill 1 and 2. Which no, is... they're one film though. So. Yeah, no, I'm not counting them as... Yeah, no, I'm counting as well. Just... Oh, so hang on. Reservoir Dogs, Jackie Brown, Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill 1 and 2, so that's four. Then you've got Death Proof, Hateful Eight, Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained, and uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So that's nine. Nine. So he's only got one film left. Yeah. And he, but I think also if he makes a Star Trek film, that doesn't count as his ten. Why is that, then? Because I think it's like his all his stories apparently are in one world. All his films. Okay, so he's he makes things ten films, but he's like original stories. Yes, I think so. I think that's what he said. He said that basically, if you were to do his films, although Kill Bill isn't part of his main storyline, it's like something that someone in Pulp Fiction would watch on TV. I think that's what I read somewhere. I could be wrong. Yeah, there he's he is a he does reference or you know little things. Mm. Um, and he won't get a Star Trek film commissioned anyway, I don't think. Star Trek will be PG 12A and he wants to make it blood gore and swear, swear words galore. So. But aren't there swear words in the uh, the Netflix TV series? I don't know, I haven't watched it. Yeah, there's a couple fucks in there. Oh, yeah. cheeky. Oh, maybe. maybe. Can I ask you guys a question? Just thinking out loud. Yeah. I'll say the thing about World War II in a minute, but it's completely unrelated to what we've been talking about. But um, if they reboot um, the X-Men and stuff like that, yeah, and they've got Magneto, do you think he's still going to be Jewish and be like a Holocaust survivor? Because that was, at, at the time they make the film, it would have been like almost 100 years late. And that would make him really fucking old. I'm just curious. Yeah, I don't know. Um... It does live to an old age, mm. but I'm talking like 100 and something, mm. not... Yeah, because then he'd just be in McKellen again, wouldn't he? Mm. Essentially, because mm. um, I feel like the Holocaust thing is quite a big part of his his uh, backstory. Mm. So, like, I don't know if they could still do that, and then and then he have his character. Because I'm assuming when they reboot it, they're gonna want to have like a fresh character kind of thing, yeah. like one that can be there for the long for the long haul. Not I mean, Fassbender could, but yeah, I agree. Um, it was also, an interesting question. Yeah, I there think they'd have. They'd have to change the origin, maybe. Well, um, they were saying that um, they were thinking about making him uh, not not a non-white character, basically. And I was like, obviously, people were saying that he can't really be Jewish slash from the Holocaust yeah. era if he's if he's not a white person, you know. Yeah, yeah. So then people were saying that oh, if he had happened to be like a um, a Middle Eastern person or even like a um, a black person, they'd have to use like a different genocide. I'm sure there's loads to pick from. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, we got the Rwandan one that wasn't too long ago. That was what? When was that? Nineties, eighties, eighties. When was? Is it that the film with the Last King of Scotland? Oh no, that's no, that's not about Rwanda. Um, a total Rwanda, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. What's <laughs> Last King of Scotland's about Uganda, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are plenty that you can choose from. There's even a sort of Holocaust going on in China at the moment with Muslims. So. <laughs> That's not getting enough attention, is it? No. Anyway. But yeah, sorry, I just popped into my head, so I thought... No, it's a good question, man. I like it. I like a little questions or I use question time. 
Who's question time? Yeah, it's it's interesting because they're gonna have to sort of redo all of them. Um, unless, unless they do a multiverse thing and mm. they say that they've been pulled from another world mm. and they're currently stuck. They were from two thousand and now they're in two thousand and twenty-five or wherever we're sitting at the moment mm. in the MCU. Yeah, because mm. we're technically five years ahead now. Yeah. Then what our actual time is, aren't we? So. Yeah. Ne- next year is the first time that there's going to be four MCU films. What are those four? Yeah, four MCU films, first time in one year. Black Widow. Um, oh, I'll oh, see so you saying what ones are yeah, there. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Black Widow. Uh, the Eternals. Yep. Shang-Chi. Yeah. Um, What's next year? No, I don't think it I don't think it Maybe Doctor Strange. Okay. Doctor Strange two definitely comes out in November. Okay. And yeah. Wait. So what have we said? What have we said? He said the internals, Shang Chi, uh, Doctor Strange two, and Black Widow. Yeah. Uh, I think... Oh no no no! Sorry, I'm wrong. It's 2021 that there's four films. Yeah, that makes more. So, so Shang Chi, Doctor Strange, uh, uh, Far From Home sequel, and Thor four. So what's this year? Uh, 2020 will be Black Widows and the Eternals. Only two? Yeah. That's dead. That's dead. Yeah. I imagine a couple of the TV series. Yeah. Well, they, they're really trying to petition for Daredevil to be in the next Spider-Man film. Oh. Like, the guy who actually plays Daredevil. Like, yeah. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, fair. Um, what was I going to say? Um, Chris, should we talk in non-spoiler fashion about El Camino, a Breaking Bad film? Give it a very good go, but I think this is going to be very difficult to talk about it in really any depth without spoiling anything, if I'm totally honest. Well, maybe we don't have to go deep on it. We're just... No. So, El Camino uh, is a reference to the car that Jesse Pinkman drives away in at the end of uh, Breaking Bad series. Uh, this film picks up pretty much exactly at that point, and you see how Jesse Pinkman tries to kind of leave his past behind him and move on. Um, it features a few kind of, you know, characters that that were like kind of integral to to Jesse's uh, past. Um, it's not really much of a spoiler to say that a couple of the drug dealers that he used to hang with, think that one of them is called Skinny. Um, you see them. Uh, it's quite a you know nice little throwback, um, and it just yeah, it's sort of more. It's a very Jesse Pinkman focused film. It's all about how he is getting over his you know imprisonment that he had, um, and I think there's definitely an element of PTSD there. Um, He's pretty fucked up by it. And, you know, he has flashbacks to, like, how he was treated and everything. Um, I feel like this film very much relies on you remembering a lot of what happened, particularly the last series of Breaking Bad. I don't. I think you do. I think all you'd need to watch is the last episode. Really? Yeah. Why, why would you need to know anything? What? Are, are you saying because of the, the other characters that are in it? Yeah. I think, I think you'd only need to watch the last episode, really. 
Oh, okay. Catch up, I think. If you, if you, if you, I mean, you watch the series, yeah. But if you needed a like a brief like jolt, I think you just you. Uh, I suppose. Maybe you're right. Maybe the whole of season five. Yeah, purely because of one area of the film. But I think you could actually just be okay with watching the last episode. Well, for a, um, like a fuller understanding of it, like you'd want to watch at least the last series because there are certain nods to things or yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. And you, and you're, if you don't, if you're not, if you don't remember much about it, like I didn't, because it's been quite a while since it ended, um, I was sort of like, oh, why is that name or that item significant? Yeah. And it wasn't until I had to like Google it or, you know. You're like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. Um, okay, fair enough. Do you think this film was necessary? No. Uh, and that's what I was saying to Obi. I think it's a, I think it's a good film. Um, but I just don't think it, was, it wasn't necessary. So, but they've done it. And yeah. that is, that is, yeah. Uh, it, I'm yeah. pretty much in the same camp as that. Um, when Breaking Bad ended... It was more about is Walter White alive rather than, oh, what did Jesse do in the hours immediately after leaving? Yeah, like, uh, did, did he survive? What happened to him? No, no one really thought about it. But now it's kind of like, oh, yeah, we forgot about the guy who's entrapped. <laughs> kind of yeah. Thing. But like, I mean, I'm pretty sure at the end of the series, he does escape and you see him driving away. Yeah, you do. Yeah. So for me, it's sort of like, OK, why do we need to to follow him a little bit more? Because without giving anything away, from the beginning of El Camino to the end of El Camino, he doesn't actually... There isn't much progression there. No. Not, not really. No. And I don't but, feel like that's, you... And that's, that's why I'm of the opinion that it's, it's, there was no point to the film. But yeah. it's, it's a nice film, but like you didn't need the film. For me, it doesn't give any more closure, necessarily, than what you see right at the end of series five or six or whatever one it was. So it, I enjoyed the film. It's very much in that Breaking Bad style, like the pacing of it, you know, it's well acted. There are some nice nods, throwbacks. Did, but did, you, from... did you see the, um, there was a lot of um, fat shaming. Towards, fat shaming? Yeah, towards a certain character in um, the film. Yeah, because he's put on a lot of weight since he was in yeah. it. <laughs> You remember Todd, the guy who shoots the little kid in Breaking Bad, and he he works, and then he's the one who kind of looks after Jesse. His uncle's the one who takes over the business in season five, kind of thing. I don't remember. You don't remember? He look, he looks like Matt Damon. His name's Jesse Plemons. No, I don't know. You you recognise it? He put on a little bit of weight. I, I it was noticeable, but I, again, like people online just being arseholes, really, isn't it? So. I think even Aaron Paul's put on a little bit of chub. Yeah. You would have thought for the film, knowing that they've got to do this film on reprise roles, that they would attempt to lose the weight almost for it. But I have no issue with them having the weight on. It, it, it didn't add or ch- it didn't change any dynamic for the film to me. No, it makes no difference. No. Um, I wanted to say that also the actor who plays the uh, Hoover store manager in this film died on the day it was released on Netflix. So, uh, you know, rest in peace, Robert Forster. Um, 
I genuinely hope Obi doesn't remember good parts of this film because you, I wouldn't have said that. What do you mean? The actor died on the day film. Mm. Why is that? No, anyway, continue. Oh, well, I'm I just, you know. There, I think you should start there with El Camino because I think you can't really say much more. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just don't think it was necessary. I don't think looking back on the film, you're like, okay, I see Jesse in a different place or, you know. Yeah. Hey-ho. Obi, we'll see what your thoughts are and we can maybe stop talking around the subject and maybe go a bit. I'll definitely watch it this week. Okay. Well, uh, what have we got on the list? We've got Gemini Man. So I've not seen that yet, but I will be. It's Will Smith versus Will Smith. It is. Um, Obi, are you the only one that's seen that? I think so. Do you want to give us a non-spoilers? Um, yeah, non-spoilers. Um, Glenn, you're not going to like this film. I'll tell you that straight off the bat. Oh, uh, what? Really? You won't like it. I'll be very surprised if you like it. Oh, I was kind of looking forward to it as well. With the reviews, like, fair people, well. Um, in my opinion, it's a solid action flick. Um, but uh, the script isn't great. I'm not going to lie. Um, the whole, there's a quite a big focus on like the whole CGI aspect of it, and instead of them using um, like the de-aging uh, program that people use nowadays, like computer-wise, they use like face and motion capture, and then they did their own special thing with it, like supposed to be like a groundbreaking thing or whatever. The um, 90% of the film, Young Will Smith looks really good. I think um, there are a couple bits here and there, especially when they're moving at pace, where it looks like it's kind of like a computer game. Yeah. But it doesn't look great. And also the very, very last scene in the film, it's probably about two minutes long. It looks absolutely terrible. Um, the CGR looks absolutely terrible. Um, but yeah, in terms of actual, like the action, I think there's a couple of really, really good action sequences. Um, the story is, you know, it's, it's okay. Um, it's interesting to the point where I, was, I wasn't like, well, I wasn't bored or anything. Like, it was a de- decent storyline. But the film in general is just not great. It's just a typical action flick. Um, kind of film that Will Smith um, has been doing recently like just okay. sci-fi sci-fi-ish stuff there was kind of like a maybe like a more philosophical point where um, maybe I'll, oh, I don't know if I no this is not a spoiler more of like a philosophical thing in terms of like um, people who go to war and comparing that to like you know these um, this clone of Will Smith kind of thing and like the the kind of thing of like does does this clone have a right to live kind yeah, of thing yeah, yeah. Um, which they didn't really go into which I feel like they should have they only really talked about it like the last yeah maybe like the last act for like maybe a couple minutes but I'm like if they kind of like stuck this point as like the you know the ideological standpoint of the film throughout like you know the three acts probably yeah. would have made for a better film but um, yeah they didn't do that um, but yeah it's not too bad it's not the awesome greatest film it's not the worst film by far um, but yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll give it a watch. You got obviously you've got your Odeon pass, so you know, give it a watch. But I don't think we'll like it, Glenn. Chris, you will probably feel the same way I feel. Right? So why yeah. don't you? Th- why specifically don't you think I like it? Because I know you. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Is it almost okay. like, kind of like bright, like not being so like um, crazy with the witchcraft and stuff, but like is it almost that vibe kind of thing? Um, is it like bright? Um, I think this. Is a bit more cohesive than Bright. Okay. 
Um, so I think it's probably probably a bit better than Bright, although I quite like Bright. Mm. But um, this is better than Bright, I think. But the it's not very like, like it's not deep. Like yeah, there's not many like there's not many like stand up moments. Normally, Will Smith can get a good couple yeah. of him like just you know doing some Will Smith shit or like mm-hmm. having a stand up speech or a line or something. You don't really get that in this. Okay, I'm being honest, which is a shame. It's uh, wasted Will Smith. Yeah, and it's the premise that because I, I think I saw a trailer and it was almost like, I mean, who's the Gemini man? Is it Will Smith or is it the phone? Or is that is that a spoiler? Uh, well, the phone's the Gemini. Okay, it's like a company it, called Gemini. Oh, okay. Gemini. Gemini's the the astrological star sign of two people, isn't it? It's like twins. Yes, exactly. Uh, and also, I because I think what I saw was that the, they've made this clone to be better than Will Smith. But not have the same, not have the emotions of Will Smith. Not better, just younger. Okay. Um, and I would say that he does still have emotions. Okay. Yeah. Alright, that's cute. Enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but watch it. Because maybe you'll like it more than I think you'll like it. But I does think it, it? Okay. Does it set up for a sequel? No. Okay. Fine. Uh, also, they also for a sequel, but they just chose not to. Okay. Also, how similar to Looper is it? Not really that similar at all. Hey? Oh, okay. Looper no. goes back in time. Yeah, but he goes back in time to kill himself or his future self or something like that. Yeah, it's not it's not similar to Looper at all. Okay, well, that's good. Okay. Yeah. I'm still, oh, there's still... I need to re-watch Looper, you know. That film's more fucked up than I reckon people think, you know. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, his mum. He then creates him and he goes back in time and then goes forward in time and he actually fucks his mum. Huh? I'll let you know. Are you sure this isn't that Futurama episode? Yeah, I'm not sure about that, Chris. I watched it the other day and I didn't get that vibe at all. You know what? Uh, <laughs> no. man, I thought that at first, but no. Oh, not, okay. Uh, not, uh, uh, yeah. uh, so I just haven't commented, I didn't think that. But I could be wrong. Ooh, okay. Um, okay, well, I will try and watch uh, Gemini Man, but maybe I'll lower my expectations. Yeah. Um, Chris, Between Two Ferns. Yeah. Is this the YouTube series or the Netflix film? The Netflix film. What did you think of it? And have you seen the YouTube series? I've seen some of the YouTube series. It's just a very awkward interview, isn't it? Uh, is the uh, premise of it. Yeah. So Zach Galifianakis basically anti-interviewing people. Yeah. It was an interesting film. I'm pretty sure I fell asleep through part of it, but that's purely because I was tired. Uh, <laughs> have you seen it? Yeah. I. An unnecessary film, personally. Again. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it had funny moments. Thing uh, is, the funniest. So this, so basically, for those who don't know, Between Two Ferns is a YouTube show via Funny or Die that Zach Galifianakis awkwardly interviews celebrities and will purposely get their name wrong. He huh? Sitting in between two ferns. Yes, that's true. Um, so he'll call like Bradley Pitt or something rather than Brad Pitt, and you know he's just very like deadpan, very kind of silly. But they're only like three or four minutes long. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, Netflix thought it'd be a good idea to make a feature length version where Zach Galifianakis's studio gets flooded and then he has to go and interview 10 people to, to get the money for building his studio or something. And along the way, he falls out with his friends and realizes who his friends are and blah, blah, blah. Very, very kind of formulaic in that sense like road trip style um i personally thought that the best parts of the film were the actual interviews yeah and and everything else in between was 
utterly pointless and actually quite shit. Yeah, it's like when he fucked that guy's wife. Yeah, like... <laughs> Chrissy Teigen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just like the interviews are the funny bits, and the rest of it was just rubbish. So they might as well have just released those interviews as like specials on Netflix rather than oh, trying yeah. to make a film out of it. Yeah. I don't know. It just. Yeah. What did you think? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, uh, yeah, I think they should have just done like a ten-part series on Netflix or something. Um, but uh, it's a nothing film, isn't it? It's just an, it's just a way of changing your regular series into a movie. Um, trying to add a bit of comedy around it, which didn't quite hit the nail on the head, but had its funny-ish moments. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's not much to say about it. I don't think. It's, I don't think it was. I don't think anyone was really wait, wanting a between two ferns film. So, uh, um, so yeah. Although I did go after watching the film, I did then go onto YouTube and watch some of the, you know, the previous interviews. So I guess it works in that sense. But yeah. Um. Well, moving swiftly on. Uh, do you want to talk to us about raising Dion, Obi? Who is Dion? Yeah. Sorry, give me literally 10 seconds. Sorry. Throwing him a curveball. Yeah. Um, right, sorry. Raising Dion is a, um, a Netflix show. I think come out last week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about a... Um, so quickly, a bit like backstory about this. Um, so a trailer for this film, I think it might have been a fan-made trailer. I'm actually not sure. But it come out like at least maybe two, three years ago. Um, and I think people were so like immersed with this family trailer, I think based on the comments, that they were like really like, asking for a TV series. Didn't really hear anything about it until maybe, I don't know, maybe like a year ago, a bit less than a year ago. Um, find out that it's being made and they brought out a trailer probably a few months ago. Um, and there was a bit of outrage because in the original trailer, um, Dion is dark skinned, the mum's dark skinned. They bring out a trailer. Dion is black but lighter slightly fairer skin than the kid in the original trailer and also the mum is like mixed race um, so quite a, few, quite a lot of people were annoyed about that I'm assuming that the comic depicts them both as um, dark skinned people so okay. people um, pretty uh, annoyed about that but anyway um, yeah so Raising Dion is a show about a young kid whose dad as we know him is dead um, and he died um, saving a woman's life in New Orleans um, then this young kid, Dion, begins to um, get uh, like superpowers, like telekinesis and stuff like that, and teleportation. Um, oh, okay. Basically, his mum finds out um, and she's like scared, basically, because she doesn't know how to deal with his, her son getting powers. And the son, obviously, he's only like seven, eight, so he doesn't know what he's doing, kind of thing. And obviously, he thinks it's like kind of like a game. He thinks he's a superhero now. And, so he's not really listening to her and she's stre- getting stressed out because she she loses her job in that this, at first episode. So she's thinking like, oh, they just moved to a new neighbourhood and he's like struggling to make friends at school. So it's like a lot of stress on the family. Um, and it's basically the series is about him, his powers like growing, um, the source of his powers, the cause of his powers. And like there's, a, there's an antagonist um, which they have to battle at the end, which is quite interesting. This... TV series. I wasn't really feeling it at first, but the more I watched it, the more I got into it, I think. Um, it has one of the 
what it had a plot twist that literally made me drop my jaw for like my jaw was dropped for about 30 seconds so i couldn't believe it um, oh so yeah. it was a good twist yeah it was in my opinion it was a good twist um thinking back on it if i watch it again maybe it won't be um as good but obviously at the time when i was watching it, i was like oh shit that's a sick twist um okay but, um, worth a watch, I think. I think it's nine episodes or so, like 45 minutes long each episode. It's a decent addition to the superhero kind of. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, I would say as well. How, yeah, so was the acting good from the young actor? Uh, it's a bit hit and miss, if I'm being honest, but it's better, it's it's more good than it is bad, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, he's not, but he's not too bad. But I think his character in general is just quite annoying, so I'm trying to kind of like separate his character from the actor. <laughs> right, fair enough. A bit, he's quite disobedient, so it's annoying. Because I guess having a series focus on someone that young, yeah. there's a lot, lot of weight for them to carry. Yeah, and I, I think there's, you know, young actors can struggle with that sometimes, mm. which is absolutely understandable. I'm sure, because I don't think I could carry a film. Um, but um, oh, the dad also, who, who who appears in it, in like flashbacks and stuff, his is played by Michael B. Jordan. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Is he a producer? I think, yeah, I think he's an executive producer. Okay. Fair enough. But yeah, solid, solid, solid TV show. Worth, worth a watch, I would say. Well, if the dad's dead, I imagine the dad also had superpowers, and that's why he was saving the... Oh, he's going to teleport away or something. Mm. But, uh, yeah, might give that a, that a watch yeah. at some point. I'm still making my way through some TV shows. Um, yeah, well. But I've been watching Hip Hop Evolution on Netflix. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Um, pardon? I watched one episode. Oh, okay. There's three series out. I just find it really interesting. Like, mm. you know, this uh, the the um, host kind of charts hip hop from, you know, the 80s right through to kind of late 90s and um, different areas of the states, like East Coast, West Coast, Atlanta... Um, and it's amazing to see how people, like, you know, you think of artists maybe as quite siloed, but, you know, it's like, oh, this guy knows this guy, or they're produced by that guy, and, you know, and it's amazing that, I don't know, I just, I'm learning a lot, I think, about yeah. hip-hop and kind of, even a little bit in terms of, like, American politics, about how certain uh, forms of hip-hop or certain groups um, were, like, Created in reaction to certain things. So, um, for example, like uh, the Wu Tang Clan created themselves because they didn't feel that Staten Island, as a borough of the of New York, was being represented. So they created that. And um, like Outcast were created because Atlanta didn't have its own sound. All the hip hop there was kind of imported from LA or New York. So yeah, just it's really interesting. Um, if you're a fan. There's Pardon? like a TV series. There's a TV series for about the Wu Tang Clan uh, going on at the minute. Yes, yeah, I saw something for that. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but it's bas- I think it's basically supposed to be like a a, a biopic TV series of, about them. Yeah. About them. Yeah, how they started and stuff. Oh, so it's like actors playing the part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Did you ever see the Defiant Ones, which was mostly about Dr. Dre? Um, no, I, remember, I think I watched one episode again. I think I remember you recommended it to me, and I watched one episode. I just never yeah. got back. Um, but I did. Enjoy, I did like the first episode that I watched. Yeah, it's sort of that the sort of thing that you know, if you just want a a bit of a change from watching 
kind of whatever you're watching at the moment. It's good to just whack it on for 45 minutes. It's really interesting. Yeah, I find it really interesting. And mm. bloody hell, if you see what little Kim looks like now. Oh, mate. She looks horrible. Yeah, like, what the hell have you done? <laughs> horrible. That's like, uh, that's like a, um, what's it called? Like, self-hate thing. I think she, I think she was very comfortable in her own skin. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair. Uh, what else do you guys want to mention? Whoa, she looks, yeah, well she looks terrible, bro. Um, I don't know. What else have we seen? Chris, what else have you seen? Do you want to talk about? Uh, where's the list? Oh, oh shit. Um, inside uh, Bill's brain? Pardon? Is that say inside Bill's brain? Yeah, it's just about Bill Gates. Oh, right. Yeah, you probably don't want to talk about that one. Uh, <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. It's just a, it's just a documentary about how how it all started, how uh, he's he he like as soon as he became rich, tried to change the world, and still is like he's trying to get like he's trying to make its own African because there's a lot of um, I can't remember what country it's um, I'm sure it's somewhere in Africa, and there's like uh, the little towns where they've got their their Dutch sheltered their, well their little houses. Like the sewage system doesn't work, so there's just like pools of poo, I guess. And he's trying to make a system where he can implement toilets to then, like, almost what was it? He, uh, see, he doesn't want to dig up the whole area, then he's excavating loads of people. He needs to build something there that can sort out the issue as well as provide reusable like, energy kind of thing. So then right. that. It. I didn't. I haven't watched all of it. Uh, whether he was successful or not, um, and it was almost like he had Microsoft, and then he didn't think he had a monopoly on the market because, well, no one else had been inventive enough to challenge him. And then I was, he got deemed that he, had, he, he was monopolising it, and yada yada yada. Um, yeah, it's just, and he's very. Um, I was saying how intelligent Bill Gates is, like he can read a book. Like really fast, like you can read like a whole six hundred page book within like two hours or something, and he can actually digest it and become smarter from it. So like he will understand it in most like he'll, he'll understand like seventy five percent of it straight off the bat kind of thing. And yeah, it was inter- it's just interesting really to see inside the mind of Bill Gates. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's pretty much it really. It's good good little series, good little information. Booster, I suppose. Okay. Uh, trying to think what else. Uh, uh, not much. Have you watched Big Mouth yet? I watched three episodes of series three yesterday. Yeah. Oh, okay. I find well, it very funny. Yeah. It, it's very. I think it's trying um, to be quite woke. Yeah. Uh, in a lot of ways, which. I, I think is there's absolutely nothing wrong with it at all. It's trying to shed light on issues such as uh, toxic masculinity and how you know women are often criticised for the way that they dress and men are never kind of pulled up for the way that they react to the way women are dressed. Yes. I think is, again, is very kind of current and, um, yeah. I mean, I can't really... I'm not the one to say whether they are successful in that or not, because again, it's not really sort of, it, it's not, you know, I'm, 
I can't I can't ever say how a woman would feel so I can't I think it seems to be quite successful in the way that it, it tackles these things and certainly you know thought provoking um it certainly is and it's kind of to some extent some people would say it's like not educational but it's insightful into like how things work and like how I suppose I don't know what age they're meant to be playing if I'm honest you don't know, sorry, what age? How, how old they all are meant to be? I think they're supposed to be in eighth grade, which I guess is like 13, 14. Okay, cool. Right. Yeah, because that's the age where you're learning everything. That's, I suppose, why they've all got their hormone monsters, don't they? And the different types of hormone monsters. and. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's it, quite refreshing. Yeah. Do you hear they're going to do a spin-off series as well? About what? The hormone monsters. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Well, fair enough. I feel like they get quite a lot of screen time as it is. True, true. Yeah. Uh, I want to know how you fit. Uh, I want to. You have to let me know when you finish season three. Tell me what you think of like the uh, the end of it. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Obi's is a uh, big mouth. Anything that you've is something you've watched or? Nah, <laughs> it doesn't look like something for me. If I'm being honest. Fair enough. It's yeah. funny. It's funny. Um. I don't uh, think I like it. Fair enough. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. Um, power. So I heard from your Twitter feed, OB, mm. that oh, it's, it's actually got a bit better. The last three episodes, in my opinion, the last three episodes have been sick. Mate, you're going global, mate, with this Twitter, mate. <laughs> Jeez, alright. So what happened with, you know, because you were saying the last few series, or the last series and a bit has been. Terrible yeah. writing, terrible. Yeah. You know what's changed? The writing's still not been great, but, sh- <laughs> but shit's just actually been happening, and it's actually been interesting. Like the last three episodes, before, so like the first couple episodes of this season, I just thought the writing was crap and nothing interesting was happening. Like, which just made for like terrible. Like, yeah, and shit would happen that didn't really make sense. Yeah. Um, whereas the last three episodes, like, like things have actually like been set in motion. It seems like they're actually... Cause this is supposed to be the final season, so it seems like they're actually ramping towards a finale, which I'm actually like now eager to see. Um, yeah, last few episodes, um, what's happened? So like one of the, ma- like, one of the main, main characters got, uh, got killed by another main character. I mean, Christmas Singh is more than that. Um, Tommy kills um, the lawyer, Joe Proctor. Oh, yeah, that's what like, he, you talking about. He... Um, and like he gets Tariq, so like um, Tariq's like basically he gets kicked. Tariq's been kicked out of boarding school. Um, he's just a bad, bad, bad son now, but like bad teen, bad everything. Like he's just a cunt. Um, oh, and oh, <laughs> oh, true, true. And so like he's um, he gets sent back home. Um, at the same time, um, Ghost and Tommy's lawyer, um, Joe Proctor, has come to stay with Ghost because um, he's about to testify for the police against Tommy, but nobody actually knows that, but he thinks he'll be safe at Ghost's house, so he's lies to Ghost and says, oh yeah, um, I'm testifying against like this um, sex trafficker, um, this is his name, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I think Tariq tells um, Tommy that the lawyer's staying there. Tommy finds out that the, um, uh, the lawyer is testifying against him and says, okay, Tariq, leave the back door open, um, I'm going to sort this out kind of thing. Then he comes in with like a um, oh, what's it called? 
some sort of automatic rifle and just lights up the whole house, um, kills um, the lawyer. Um, the lawyer's daughter, who's now lost both her mum and her dad in the space of about two days. So now she's <laughs> um, so she goes to stay with her uncle, who Uncle Benny, who's um, also a gangster. Um, and basically, Ghost says to him, oh yeah, uh, I think this is the people that you're looking for that killed. Because Ghost, at this point, um, knows that Tommy killed him, but he doesn't want to dob Tommy in because, you know, they, they, got, like, they got the code kind of thing. Um, so he says to him, oh yeah, it was to Benny, it was Igor, something, something, something. Which, if you look at, if you have, it's like an anagram. This might be a reach, yeah, but people say it's an anagram for, for like um, Tommy Egan or something like that. I'm not sure if that's, like, if that's a reach or not, but they're thinking that maybe Joe told Ghost a fake name just to say like, oh, if Ghost comes to you and says that this person killed me, just know it's Tommy Egan kind of thing. So this guy, um, gangster Benny, um, says to Ghost, oh yeah, your son protected my daughter because Tariq took the daughter away so she wouldn't get killed as well. And then he says, um, oh yeah, so I owe you a favour. Ghost cashes in on the favour um, and then Benny helps him out with some business. But at the same time, we don't know if Benny knows yeah, that no. Tommy's involved in the killing of his cousin. So we're a bit like... Mm. Man, I didn't know the thing. Yeah, that, I, I saw it on Twitter. I thought, oh shit, that actually yeah. might be... So yeah, but the only thing is, I don't know how the name is spelt, so it might just be a reach. Yeah. So, you know. Do you know what though? I reckon this series is going to end with Tariq getting killed by either Tommy or Ghost accidentally. Mm. Ghost going down to be like, no, <laughs> Tommy then killing Ghost, being like, sorry, brother. And then the other guy coming out of nowhere just kills Tommy and then game over. I hope that's not what happens. Mate, end of. I really hope that's not what happens. All of them dead. I do want Tariq to die, but I don't think he will die. I think 50 Cent was talking rumours about having a potential power spin-off. Oh, I think if there's yeah, a spin-off, Tariq will be in it. I think oh, fuck, no one's going to watch it. They think he's a cunt. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> Tariq keeps leave lying. Out, out. <laughs> Tariq keeps lying. Ghost, find, Ghost, Ghost finds out that um, Tariq was involved in Tommy killing the lawyer. So then Ghost has now finally started treating Tariq like the prick that he is. Like, he wakes him up with a gun to his face and stuff, stuff like that. And yeah, he's treating him like a prick, which I'm finally enjoying. Mate, and the way Tommy went yeah, out exactly. as well. Yeah, exactly. So Tariq so, also stole drugs from Tommy. Um, and Tommy now found out about it. So now, like, basically, like, Ghost has said, like, like he's, he's like, kind of, like, trying to straight, straighten Tariq out. But at the same time, he's, like, not playing with him now kind of thing. And at the same time, also, Tommy has basically cut ties with Tariq. So now Tariq's not really got anybody. But now the mum, Tasha, has basically said to Tariq, um, I know your character. I know that you're not going to stop trying to sell drugs, but I'm going to teach you how to drip, deal drugs properly. And that's how the last episode ended. You said that's the last episode in the series? No, 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 that's how the last episode, the last episode that we just seen, that's how it ended. Oh, so they haven't just dumped all of them on Netflix? No, no, it's one week. Oh, okay, because I was wondering, I was like, why have you not finished it yet? No. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Okay, so I'm glad it's getting more interesting for you then. Yeah. But do you think that it's, it's going to tie everything up in a neat little bow? Um, I actually think it will, you know. I think Powell quite good at that. At, mm. at, at um, what's it called? At um, cutting storylines. Yeah. Like, kind of like completing storylines. I think Powell quite good at that. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Mm. Good. Well, we can... How many episodes left? I think three, maybe. Three or four. Well, okay. Yeah, four. I think we're in episode six. Yeah. All right. Well, we can get get the whole review when it's finished. Yeah. What's coming out that we want to see? Anything? 
I want to see um, Zombieland 2, but I need to watch Zombieland 1 first. Do you report? Oh, you got it in here. Yeah. Uh, so, I feel like this is going to be a very unnecessary sequel, but mm. hey-ho. Have, have you seen it? Zombieland 1? Yeah, I like Zombieland 1. Yeah. Although, I feel I mean, like... I don't think like, you'll be like, wow, that's sick. I think you'll be like, okay, so, so decent film, got a few laughs. Mm. Yeah. But does the, from the trailer... It seems like the sequel is going to do the classic sequel thing of just having, you know, the same storyline, but with very, you know, it's like, hey, this character looks like me, doesn't he? Ha ha ha. Or this is a very similar situation that you remember from the first one and you found that funny, didn't you? Yeah. So, yeah, well, the, I think they're going to play on that quite a bit because that's what the trailer does, doesn't it? It shows a, a similar character to Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. I and hope. The, isn't the storyline that like one of them gets it gets involved with another boy or something yeah, and they he, got to go and find her yeah, yeah. but um, as, yeah, as long just, as as long as they're clever enough to know what they're doing and, and take the piss out of it or if they don't take the piss out of it and they just fall into that same trap then it'll be really crap yeah yeah what, any other films uh, I want to see Maleficent 2 but again I need to see Maleficent, Maleficent 1 and I want to see Judy as well I still haven't seen that yet what about Sean the Sheep, Farmageddon? <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> yeah, you, you saw Dora the Explorer. You're going to go and watch Sean the Sheep, mate. It's very true. It's a film about you. sit in that darkened room, you know, right at the back. It'll... Yeah, true. I think for, I'm going to have to do that for Maleficent, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't, not... can't be caught in there. <laughs> have you not got, like, a cousin that you can take or something? No. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say niece, but you don't have, you know, I know none of your sisters have got kids yet. But all right, well, thanks for listening. If anyone's not got anything else to mention, uh, big happy birthday to Obi for tomorrow. Cheers, and also to Ketchy, obviously. Um, that's mm-hmm. my life. Yeah, well, thanks for listening to episode 94. Uh, we are on Twitter at YAC Podcast 17, from Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, SoundCloud, all that jazz under your average critics. Peace. See you.